دستان مرکبی تموم شعرام خط خطی پیش شما شازده خانم منم فقیر پاپتی برور و بردار و ببر دلم میگه دلم میگه Me and Natalie are joined by my brother, who is a hit, not celebrity, he was just like a hit on the podcast a few weeks ago. A lot of Breakout people. star, yeah, is break the technical out. term. And, um, and also my friend Ahmed. Hey guys, happy to be here. Future breakout star. Long time fan. <laughs> <laughs> so Ahmed, you're with the New School for Social Research. Yeah, that is technically like the the school I'm in. Yeah, mm -hmm. Ahmed actually taught me how to like record the entire podcast. And oh yeah, <laughs> everything. That's right. Yeah, way back yeah. in the day. People don't know this, but Ahmed was like behind the scenes, like teaching us so much. <laughs> from the very first episode, from before you even began, or no, no, the first few episodes were like pretty ghetto, just uh -huh. like straight onto the laptop. And then I met Ahmed at school, and then he was like, "Why aren't you using the studio?" And then he works in video and audio production. Or you could introduce yourself, but yeah, then we became friends. Yeah, and yeah. Well, sure, exactly. It was like um, I think you just didn't know that we had all that stuff that you could use for free because we were we were all students. Yeah. And uh, we had this like audio video, um, uh, like rental place. It was a lot of fun. I think we had a lot of fun just playing around. Yeah, I still have, well, there was one day like we were testing the audio and me and you just like did like a decoy episode. <laughs> and, like, therapy sessions, it was so good. Oh my gosh, you're right. <laughs> I just remember that now, I haven't thought about it since. Oh my God, that was really fun too. I've never done that either. That was really fun. <laughs> Yeah, I'm always like really emotionally slutty in the beginning of friendships, and then <laughs> it's very pristine. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think if I'm similar, actually. Um, there's definitely, I definitely become a different person always when I get to know people better. Um, and then, but you guys were also famous for the episode you did during 9 11, right? <laughs> oh, whoa, I don't think what I are you talking about? What? Wasn't that you guys? What? <laughs> what episode? <laughs> like everyone was admiring you guys. <laughs> because you have the courage to stay in that <laughs> Stop, stop. <laughs> we 9-11 oh, No, it's not a joke. <laughs> like, I love, you two sound yeah. so similar. I really love, I can't believe I haven't met you before because I've known Millie for so long. Maybe if we sound similar, I mean, in a way, honestly, if you know one of us, it's, it's yeah, but. You we'll don't really meet the other. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's maybe gets redundant. Um, well, so we brought you guys on because, well, I brought you on because everyone really liked your advice to the listeners question we had last time. Mm -hmm. And then I figured Ahmed would have a similar perspective, um, but also <laughs> our guests like dropped last minute. So yeah, this is, this is what you do. <laughs> um, should we jump into one of the questions? Yeah, why not? Yeah. Okay, I actually want to read the second one first now. Okay. That's okay. Because I think that one is it's more it's kind of related to the last time. Uh okay, so she says, I am a shy single girl in my mid-30s, but I do try to put myself out there. I sometimes get approached, but however, whenever I'm speaking with a guy, a couple of girls that I know enter in my conversations forcefully, full of energy and distract and redirect the guys to themselves. I notice they do this every time I'm speaking to someone and I try to do the same to them as payback, but they are good at ignoring me. <laughs> I'm a nice girl, but these other girls take advantage of me and my opportunities. How should I handle them? It's difficult because they interrupt, always bubbly, happy, and full of energy and still the guy anyway. Hmm. I'm gonna have, let you guys should start. I I kind of want to know what you say, think first. Well, we we've also heard similar stories before. I think this is a very common pattern with Persian girls. Um, Millie, I don't remember 
I don't know if you remember, we had one guest that said anytime she goes to parties, she purposely stands away or like her friends purposely stand away from her and don't socialize with her a lot because they see her as competition. And if they're standing near her, like a guy won't approach them. Yeah, I remember that. This is really common. And actually, when I first read this, I thought, oh, wow, this would so be happening to me if I was still friends with those kinds of Persian girls. Like, I didn't experience it to that extent, but like I experienced more minimal versions of that in middle school. Um, like there was this one girl who, I, don't, I actually, I don't even know if I had a crush on this guy, but she would like make up that I had a crush on this guy and humiliate me in front of him. And I was like, I don't even like him. And she would use really vulgar language and like kind of even talk about my genitals in a way to like de, I don't, I don't know. It was so strange, but it's like, oh. My advice, like, yeah, don't hang out at these parties or whatever. I don't know where people hang out. Adley, Almond. I mean, I'm thinking myself how, in a way, I've been the subject of certain, not the, of these kinds of situations where I'm talking to one girl and then another suddenly comes who makes the first girl I was talking to seem um, low energy. And she's just like the second girl who comes is like, yeah, like, like just had three shots of espresso and is really happy and curious and like kind of teasing me and all these things. Um, I, I don't, I mean, I guess I wasn't aware that the second girl was supposed to come off as more um, desired or I guess it's working because she knows more than me. Um, I I don't know, maybe, you know, a lot of people don't have choices and friends. Um, I mean, like the current friends I have, they are like, I am friends with them by choice, but I've been in positions where for a while, yeah, you're, you, had you, know, no you're, you had no choice. So assuming that she has no choice, I guess the good advice would be how to neutralize these two girls she's condemned because we all know she's there they're her cousins and she has to like always be with one of them because like her parents died in a car accident or something i don't know so oh my god <laughs> i actually know a story like that. <laughs> 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 a lot of people did die 9 11 and some of the girls are probably not not nice people oh my gosh okay Wait, I, I, I think like it's it's funny that like that's what comes up. I feel like um, now I'm coming in this like totally ignorant. Like I did not, I don't even go to like parties or anything. Like it's a very new territory for me. So um, wouldn't the best strategy be to kind of like focus on the target, like less about the competition and focus more on like kind of like what you were saying, uh, where it's like making sure you seem more appealing right like so, like you were saying how that other girl like the second girl would come and like kind of make the first girl seem like I'm saying don't let the other girls phase you because then you're gonna end up being more quiet right exactly it'll psych you out exactly yeah I am that, that can be really hard it could be hard not to be phased when another girl is just this bright bubbly person taking all the attention because it really does cause you to be even more quiet than you already are Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, but okay, just to explain, because I'm thinking more about two specific situations where I really remember vividly this happening to me as like the guy like talking to one girl, etc. Yeah. Um, what the reason not that the second girl realizes like, whatever, like, it's not like she's like reading Aristotle or something. But what the second girl is doing is when she comes, she's kind of like, intimating to the guy like oh you whore you're talking to this girl like but i'm not gonna necessarily emasculate you like it's okay like i'm the like i'm the madam of this brothel and i see <laughs> talking to one of these shy dumb girls i have exactly but she's my property by the way <laughs> um and so what what was going on and like all of a sudden the guy feels really guilty like as if he was caught doing something wrong and she's like in that moment like oh it's okay though yeah, nothing exactly. wrong with no. that no judgment here you're <laughs> flirting you're here but then in doing that she's like 
I get it. You're here looking for a girl. Well, I'm like way more on the program. Like, you know, snapping my fingers. Um, well, I actually had this happen to my guy friend recently with a Persian girl. Like he went on a date with an older Persian girl and he's not Persian. And she brought a younger friend with her to like, like, I don't know, maybe she was nervous for the date. So she wanted a friend to come to be like a buffer. Right. But then the friend was way more interesting and he oh, ended no. up being interested in the friend. And now it's like this awkward situation where he actually wants to go out with the friend. Oh, and God. he doesn't want to see the other girl again. Okay, that's like we can't help yeah, people like that. Yeah, that's yeah. a bit different. Yeah. I think yeah. as a girl, you have to be careful sometimes. You have to understand like the people who went back to the that's intention or not. Because some friends just don't have your, like, don't have you in mind. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think these girls are like her friends though, but what you, oddly what you were saying about that kind of, when you manufacture that situation, it's no longer about like the chemistry or flirting. It's actually not about that. It's just about who's the most intimidating socially. So it's like this girl can't just be unfazed by the other girl. She's just, that's not her personality. She's, you know what I mean? She's not as like advanced or she's not wired that way to operate, uh, like that socially so i don't know and then there's also the like oh well if he really liked you he wouldn't even you know what i mean like there's that argument he wouldn't even no but i don't think it's about the girl anymore at this point because you see when you're having a private conversation with someone in the context of a party um it feels like you're doing something not allowed in a way because you've seceded from everyone else and what this girl is doing is like making the guy feel like he was caught red-handed, like in this kind of like stripper, like you've been a bad boy. Oh my God. And, yeah, so it's about intimidation, which but is- I know, but it's not intimidating the girl, it's intimidating the guy to me. Like, I know, yeah. and then oh, that's sorry, when the sorry. girl realizes that, oh shoot, like she, you know what I mean? She's bullied him into thinking like, oh no, I'm not someone he should talk to. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And then- now she's there's nothing she can really do because she's not again as advanced or, or that she was delusional to begin with to be thinking they were having a private con like yeah. that like it's like oh, oh you're you, overthinking you thought no like you yeah. thought you were having something emotional he just wants to get in your pants honey get real okay okay so are, are you actually like an evil bitch underneath <laughs> like this persian man and so now the girl doubts whether the guy ever liked her and maybe he was just being phony to her the entire time. And so now, while the new girl is talking, she's in her head reevaluating everything that just happened the past five, 10, or 20 minutes. And the new girl is like getting this double mode of confidence. It's like, oh, I destroyed this girl. And this guy is like totally wrapped around my finger right now because he doesn't know what to do. Because as you were saying, like guys are kind of like dogs, like, you know, yeah. it's like not like cats. Yeah, well, I guess if there's like to offer a consolation, anyone who wins over relationships or friendships that way, those kinds of friendships and relationships can't sustain, can't be sustained very well. So, um, you know, because how much, how long can that kind of tactic really work for you? It's not authentic. And yeah, I don't know. She let her have that, man. Maybe he's. But on the other hand, maybe she just burns the bridges for both people. And even though like that guy just ends up not remembering the first girl. And then it's not about this specific instances. There's obviously yeah. that girl, those two girls who act like that, the way they're going to meet their husbands is through those tactics and they're never going to have an authentic marriage. So who cares? Like their husbands are just going to be the types who like go get happy endings at like nail salons whatever I don't well know. i mean i feel like that that's kind of the thing though it's like pick better better targets like guys who are who are going to be less I, I, I again i'm i'm totally ignorant to like this environment no but. you're not you're right <laughs> yeah, pick better go somewhere else yeah yeah also maybe preemptively like in, introduce the girl like oh and by the way my friend um stacy is is here also i can't wait for you to meet her 
Oh. And then like, you know what I mean? Like, so like preempt yeah, yeah, yeah. that situation. Yeah. And be like, oh, my oh God. Yeah, she's, she's the girl cool. wearing the beautiful blue dress. Right, right, right. Yeah, get like yeah. a link. Person. She's studying communications at Pepperdine. Exactly. Or like whatever college. <laughs> like wherever they're or teaching. Or whatever people study. Yeah. yeah. Like digital marketing. Yeah. That's that's really good. Yeah. I would I would do that. I, I've done that too. Get get yeah, a wing person. Take the alpha. Yeah. But is that a sorority? No, what do you mean? We always used to, I mean, it's what? like 2016 Twitter talk, like alpha. Thing. Oh, I thought you said take the alpha. And I'm like, oh, is that like the name of it? No, story? I don't know. Wait, but none of you guys, Natalie, you also never went, you went to, you didn't go to a school that has sorority. So you wouldn't, no, no. you guys are like kind of not plugged into this whole yeah. aspect of like, like sororities are scary. I didn't really know what happened in sororities until after I went to college and like, Oh, there are sororities at bars? No, no, oh. we never had them. No, we're like too, say, like, too high class. Yeah. But um, but the uh, no, we're not I'm joking to like the listeners. Our school was not high class. By high class I mean like pretentious and like awkward. But um what what sorority horror stories do you know? I, okay, the one that I'll never forget is I don't know, I think this is a UCLA or no, no, it's um Duke. I'm whatever. Okay, I'll remember as I'm talking. So, to during the initiation, um, the girls they all like go upstairs in the sorority house, get ready, look their best, and all these guys from the fraternity are downstairs. And as she comes down, they yell like either she's an eight, a seven, a six, nine, or ten. And if she's a seven or six, she doesn't get into the sorority. And then if she's a nine or 10, they like have sex with her. But this is apparently one of the most universal things about American sorority. And then the girls who like aren't like, and they just scream like, this is like eight, 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 seven, seven, seven. Or the other one's like six, boo, boo, boo. And then the girl just goes and cry and they don't talk to her again. And that was one of the moments where I was like, okay, you can burn this society down. Like, I have nothing to do with anyone here. Like, I don't care, like, I mean, like, let Osama win, like, I'm sorry, like, I am on his side, like, that is crazy, like, in Al-Qaeda, they would never do that to anyone. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, they would just stone you. Yeah, you may as well Imagine how are you supposed to feel? You're, I'm sorry, you're an 18-year-old girl, and you're, like, first, like, mass, like, understanding of like what guys think of you is like a, like everyone you know for the next four years saying you know what you're not hot enough to have casual sex with us for the next four years so you just leave the house don't come back oh and then the girls who are like 10 9 or 8 the ones who are 10 become the team captains of the sorority they become the models yeah, and the nines the and eights like clean their laundry and stuff. I'm not making this up. Okay, well, I'm so happy I didn't go to a school like that. Yeah, good That's lord. Insane. And this is like, we're paying for, I don't understand, yeah, like burn the college store. And then these same people, like, I'm sorry, like, I don't, I don't even know. I'm getting really heated up about this, but I <laughs> totally forgot about this. But to think that like millions of girls, like people I've interacted with every day, they had gone through this experience. I have nothing in common with them. I'm not trying to like, you know, but like this is screwed up. Like I honestly, like what I anyway. No, of course, yeah. It's, it's almost like I can't believe this needs to be said that it's screwed up, obviously. Like where do we, I want to know when this originated. Who thought this was a good idea? Yeah, I wonder if there's any literature on, on you know, sorority behavior. Yeah, we don't talk about these things. It's like this whole underground. That's why it's such a tragedy that like, yeah, like AIDS was a gay thing. Cause like, if only it had like happened, no, like if only it had happened to these cultures, then like colleges would be really studious. Yeah. I don't know if that's like a really dark thing to say, but like this would have no. shut down the sorority fraternity business model. No, honey. I, yeah. yeah. Instead, we killed all the interior designers and like, and now there's no department stores. So are you happy now, biology? Okay, yeah. yeah. Now we just like It's like basically, yeah, it was like Auschwitz, like killing the okay. wrong. Okay, sorry. Okay. sorry. Oh my God. Like, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> like, oh my God, you're wearing a shirt. Is it okay if I mention the logo on your shirt on there? Me? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I didn't know if you're like a current, like, you know, with Apple. No, I used to work there. Yeah. 
They're getting custom masks now, by so the way. So Almond's wearing an Almond really? t-shirt. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for clarification. Yeah. yeah. And it's green, though. Was that genius for? They handed this out for Earth Day, and everyone in the store would wear it, but... Oh, yeah. Apple's great for the planet. Yeah. It's oh, like yeah. Def- definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So this was... Yeah. Yeah, there's only one of natural one of, light. Yeah, they use so much, yeah. They, the yeah, they, so much the, yeah. they don't waste resources at all with their like <laughs> one year after purchase to cure yeah. your uh, product breaks policy. They should have like Nick there for the laptops, like places <laughs> where like after a year you could like clean yourself because you've been defiled for using a laptop for more than a year. Like, you are not pure. You've been using the same iPhone for two years. You go to that bath and cleanse your sins. Literally. No, that's genius. (laughs) Uh, That it is. I feel like, no offense, Amin, it's like a very shaming culture. Offense to me. It's it's just like, it. I mean, I think, not to get too off track, but I think like one of the hallmarks of American culture is how we are, we are driven by consumption. We're driven by things to buy and we constantly need new things to buy, like to make our lives easier, right? And so I feel like Apple is kind of really good at for like framing their products around like happiness and like functionality and and there's a huge class thing too like these are luxury items at the end of the day you know like you don't need to spend a thousand dollars on a phone you can buy with the technology now you can buy a phone for like a hundred two hundred dollars and do the exact same thing as this thousand dollar iphone so it's kind of like a status symbol too like there's a whole lot of like psychology i think wrapped up in like the consumption and, and the um just the 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 ecosystem of, of apple as an american thing and and worldwide too like you know and overseas it's just as much of a luxury thing do you keep in touch with anyone from the apple store oh for sure yeah i guess i should mention for clarification like that was probably one some of the best times of my life was working at the apple store i was like i didn't think i was ever going to go to college like i was like working at target i didn't know what i was going to do with my life and then i um got a job at the apple store and it was i think the best thing about it was that they train you really well like the training at the apple store is incredible and i I went from like this guy who was like kind of okay at at, like selling stuff to like someone who was a professional i felt like i was a professional adult uh with skill marketable skills by the time i I left apple um so and i I have like really close friends who i used to work with it's a really great environment anybody who wants to work at the i mean not right now like the working retail or any kind of customer facing job right now is kind of a nightmare but like you know i would look i would look into it if you guys if someone needs a job out there definitely try apple which which apple store was this by the way like this i worked uh so i'm from virginia outside of dc where uh say again mclean mclean yeah yeah how did you know that's so funny Oh, I, I know. That's just like one of the only places I know. Yeah. I, dro- so I went to the Equinox in McLean once. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there is. A- <laughs> no, because. There's an Equinox I, there. Yeah. I checked that out of my hotel early. My flight was at like 7 p.m. And I was like, I went to the National Gallery and then I wanted a shower before I oh, went to the airport. Oh, yeah. Because you went to some conference. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, but I like, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's the store I worked at, the one in McLean. It's technically the first store. If you ever ask anybody, it's the first Apple store ever because um, I don't think this is like secret, but like the store in California, they're three hours behind, right? They were open, but like they couldn't get one of the displays to work right or something. So like they couldn't open because the display wasn't working right. So our store opened up first. So technically we were like the first store to ever exist in America. So that's- so yeah, yeah no I, that's i like how apple has become a prominent topic and maybe like some will get canceled by apple or something no <laughs> but by I, the way every- well cancel is like the rite of passage to fame so that's what well that's true yeah. too maybe the headline of this should be like you know, i'm literally going out of my way to get canceled <laughs> <laughs> you have brought up like major yeah, i'm already canceled though yeah <laughs> 
we're so close to like a Rush Limbaugh, like yeah. um, conspiracy theory conversation. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm excited for Lana's new album, Chemtrails Over the Country Club. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe everything that's been happening now is Chemtrails. <laughs> yeah, it's Chemtrails. This is like something to hide it in. <laughs> um, all right, Natalie, do you want to read our next question? Yeah, I'll read it. I'm a shy single girl in my oh. mid thirties. What? Oh, we just read that. Oh, sorry. Okay. Uh, how do you set boundaries with your in-laws? They are constantly getting involved in my marriage and telling me how to raise my kids. My husband is on the same page as me, but he's more passive and tries to stay out of it. How do you express to them politely that it's not their business? What do you do in the situation? No, you will. <laughs> okay, well, what is our mother crazy? did is she moved across oh, the country and it took her like a few years to understand that. But in retrospect, there's no other solution. So um, <laughs> I don't know if this is a LA or New York person, but whichever city they're in, just move to the other. Like, or if she's in like, like just move to like the next world capital. Like <laughs> so if they're in London, if this is happening in London, move to New York. If this is happening in Los Angeles, I don't know. Move to Tokyo? Maybe, maybe, maybe consider still going west. Um, in terms of, yeah, this okay. is the, maybe. Well, we actually, apparently it's like great to have a baby in Japan. We, okay. any, but well, yeah, I guess my advice, well, not my advice, but my immediate thought about this is always like, I personally would never get involved if it's like if I'm dating someone and I see they have a controlling family, but like literally this comes up in so many episodes about how some people only find out things about their partner's family when it's too late, like mm-hmm. after. Uh, sorry, I'm sharing a chair, with, a chair with my cat and he's like kicking me off. Um, <laughs> he wants to join. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's, you know, I'm not, obviously you're in this situation now. I mean, I would just politely say, you know, when you have your kids, I won't get involved and, you know, you can control your own offspring, but this is mine and I would appreciate you not getting involved and, you know, just limited at like, just anything they say, just like, if you really can't move, uh, or leave, you know, because our father wanted to move as well. He was on board with that. So for other reasons, not just that, it was just like, it happened to all work out. Um, but uh, yeah, just like, don't really react to them because they are only looking for a reaction. So just like, oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah, and but what about the husband? Because she can't make her husband get on board. It's like, she also gets annoyed because they're probably, you know what I mean? When it, emotionally manipulating her husband i i think it's unfair of the husband like if if my partner i think each person should have to deal with their own family and stand up to their own family because your family still has to love you no matter what so i think like in a partnership like like i would have to stand up to my parents my partner should have to stand up to his because if i'm standing up to his they're not obligated to love me i'm not their child i'm their daughter-in-law so like, I don't want to have to like get into fights with them. I think I'd be pissed at my husband. I would tell him like, this is your responsibility. These are your parents. They have to love you unconditionally. So it's okay for you to argue with them and fight with them and stand up for us as a couple because they're still going to love you. But if I'm fighting with them and I'm standing up for us as a couple to your parents, chances are they're not going to love me. And it's just going to cause more fights in the future. I, I mean, I don't think it's a, I'm not, what you're saying is right, but my experience seeing all kinds of in-law situations is that that with the with the wife, the it basically becomes that the in-laws is more than just the parents. It's like always like a whole village of people who are <laughs> convincing the husband that like the wife is either a like the cause of all his problems, b leading him in the wrong direction and like see that like his life is somehow in some kind of a crisis even if it doesn't explicitly involve the wife and that therefore he should be in some kind of crisis mode and the wife's general reaction is is that 
she no longer has a relationship with her husband because her husband is kind of like someone who's been taken into this like Jim Jonesian cult. Jim Jones is the Kool-Aid person. Jim <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and, um, and so he's like constantly stressed out all of a sudden. And, um, you know, doesn't intend is maybe getting indirectly angry at his wife, but out of frustration and, and he's insecure about his own self-esteem. So it's about the in-law thing is ultimately, if you want to just destabilize another person and there's enough people who are on board to do that, especially if that person is a man, um, then you can destabilize that person. There's no one immune to that. And as the wife, you have no you have no options because reality is ultimately socially determined. If 20 people are imagining a unicorn and one person is not, they're gonna just kill the one person who says there's no unicorn. So if 20 people are constantly in different environments, making the husband feel that he is in some kind of crisis, which maybe sounds vague, but I don't have a, like, I don't wanna litinate every single type of crisis, right? But you know, everyone yeah. I can imagine then it's going to seem real to him. Um, the, the wife, again, I, I mean, I don't know, Billy, I guess what else could they do besides like, if it's, if it's that serious, I, I don't know, I genuinely feel bad for women in the situation because I yeah, think it's, it's a modern thing. Because in a real village, no family, there's no chosen villages in the old times. Like now you live in a village of the people you already know. In the olden days in the village, no random parents could have that much power over reality they would have already died yeah from like drinking the swamp water yeah so we live in like villages of our own creation now like through telephone and like suburbia and um it's scary because you don't get other people's opinion you end up living in a village that's your family and their family and some of your friends but you know what i mean so yeah well i guess like some the options that you would have available to you if like yeah okay so you can of course ignore them not let it get to you but yeah the real problem is the your husband and how he's responding and how he's being affected and in that case uh and like what you're saying in this scenario of like 20 people see unicorn and one person doesn't who's gonna be killed you need to bring in like a more rational voice, uh, which I would say is a therapist, but I don't know a lot of Persian men don't respect therapy or see it like they find it illegitimate. So maybe he does try to find someone who you think like his, their, his or her personality would appeal to your husband to be like this unbiased outside voice to help him see um, what's like that, like this kind of, that a lot of these things are like in his family's imagination at least. So thinking, I just thought of two tactical, um, sub notes to Millie's strategy. Um, the first is identify relatives in your husband's family who don't like your husband's parents because they'll like help demolish the reality and be, oh, yeah, yeah. and be include, even if you have to fly them in and then be, <laughs> be invite like throw parties with your husband's like the the most like biggest culprit like head co-conspirators the tens of the um husband's like family that are like in-laws and invite like the husband's friends like his friends from college like oh you should really call ramin what is he up to and then have them talk with the parents etc because then like ramin on like thursday at like a coffee shop in midtown is gonna or, or or los angeles you know is yeah, gonna say blue like on yeah blue bottle beverly boulevard uh, it's 8601 beverly <laughs> sweet sir um be like is to be like wow your parents are crazy and he's gonna be like really you think so he's like yeah no, yeah crazy. exactly yeah just so have know, a lot yeah, of people around the reality yeah yeah you got to expand that village i feel like that doesn't work with a persian family because no Persian in-laws are going to act crazy in front of other people. They're going to be the fakest, nicest, calmest, most easygoing versions of themselves that don't actually exist in real life. 
Yeah, she thinks it's a really valid yeah. point. Oh, oh, God, sorry, so didn't think of that, no. Like, have you ever seen Persian parents or Persian in-laws around other people? They'll be like, oh, your food is so good. Uh, like, I don't want to throw my laptop now on the ground. Okay. I don't know what to do. Well, then, then, okay, now this girl, she, this, okay, she's going to need to overcome this obstacle. She's going to need to step her game up. So you need to find out how to be manipulative to destabilize the parents, the in-laws. Find out ways to show... <laughs> Say something, even if it's going to make you look a little bit bad, it's going to make them look 10 times worse just to get their reaction. So when you go low, we go lower. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When they go, yeah, that's, that's, the, go low, that's the real motto of this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Persian. Yeah, that's our real so motto. So just Persians. you yeah. need to figure out, find what like ticks them and what makes them say the most like bizarre, um, just like antisocial and... Oh, like maybe in front of your in-laws say like, oh, we're letting Farshad sign up for ballet classes and then see how your like father-in-law, mother-in-law like react in front of everyone. Like just say something that like, you know, they're going to like be like, what? No, you can't let your son do ballet and like, like say something like ridiculous to get them to like act like horrible is what you're saying. Yeah, but it also like, it can be something where people can be like, Oh, well, you know, this is just their old fashioned, like different times. Like it needs to be something that involves like a, like more of a moral uh, dilemma. Cause that could just be like, you know, different times, whatever. Yeah. They still have good intentions. You need to expose them. <laughs> I'm becoming really passionate about this. Oh, my, I, I I'm only marrying an orphan. Yeah. I'm like I don't I don't want in laws. Well, <laughs> yeah, Natalie's marrying an orphan. Yeah, me too. What, what about also dividing the husband's family? But I don't think oh. that's up to destabilization. You should make a website called orphansonly.com or something. Oh, interesting. It's like Russian brides, like orphan husbands. Yeah. Only orphans. Only orphans. <laughs> or only orphans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I would pay I would pay to go on the website. Yeah, that would be the one dating app I would. I mean, a little bit of in-law drama would be would be. Yeah, fine. no, actually, I really want just to see if I could do it better than my parents. <laughs> but isn't it interesting, like when we think of our own parents, like differing issues with their in-laws, um, you know. And I wonder to what degree, like, if, if it's, I mean, to some degree, it's about husband and wife, but to other degrees, it's about the kind of, um, like, uh, how, not united, but, like, psychologically close-knit the in-law, one of the in-laws' families is, like, or, because, because certainly, you know, I wouldn't say that there was, like, a, like a power to create. Well, I just just compare each of our parents' in-laws. I mean, I feel like I should bring my mom on to like okay. discuss how she dealt. Yeah, with yeah, certainly. Yeah, um, no, and the dining. My grandma from my dad's side literally tried to name me. Like, yeah, like, no, grandma, yeah. well, our grandparents succeeded. Obviously, yeah, I forgot that story. I remember I was telling your mom the story about how they almost succeeded to name me, and then your mom's like, "Well, my in-laws actually succeeded." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah and by the way it's caused me like a lot of issues oh yeah adley's like first off adley's a re like a criminal yeah. apparently has a criminal record yeah. and someone has stolen his identity two people two separately. People. oh yeah. yeah because of, because his real name is ariel Moshe. yeah that's ariel Moshe. <laughs> so yeah if any grandmothers are listening to this yeah you fail you don't, don't even know what's don't try to change the name because your yeah. grandchild's gonna end up with a criminal record and like not able to find a job for like four years and then find out after that it was yeah, a criminal record yeah that's that things actions have consequences yeah. um I don't know, should we keep wondering about, like, should we just explore well, in laws curious, in general? Yeah, I'm curious what Ahmed thinks about these like complicated Persian family dynamics. Um, I, I kind of love it. I've, I've never. Well, Ahmed, do you also want to tell the audience about your background so they can understand like where you're coming from? Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, I, it made me think, you know what I was thinking though? I was, it made me think of my mom actually because how she had to kind of socially navigate my dad's uh, side of the family. Um, Cause my dad's Egyptian and my mom is 
American, but she's um, like, oh, if anyone's listening, if anyone, anyone knows where Mauritius is, uh, that's where my mom's from. And well, her grandmother's from, but anyway. Where is that? Mar- it's a it's an island off of Madagascar. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, like you knew that? No, I did. I, I did. did that. <laughs> oh right, Marisha. <laughs> Mauritius. Mauritius. That sounds yeah. like an adjective. I know. I've actually only don't be so Mauritius. <laughs> yeah, we gotta make that a word. Yeah, continue. <laughs> Mauritius slide. <laughs> but the um. My mom was, uh, so yeah, my mom just basically had to make a few sacrifices because my, what my dad did was he got married to my mom and had me and then they went over to Egypt and met the in-laws. So oh, no. they didn't actually like get like to meet. It wasn't until it was already done or it was like, oh, hey, I have a wife and a kid now. <laughs> oh, whatever, good for him. That would not fly in the Persian community. No. Like, like, I don't think it flies in the Egyptian community. I think your daughter, like, if her son got married and had a kid without like her meeting the bride first, I think the mother would like, I don't know, like throw yeah. dirt on her head. Like she like oh my herself God. out of shame. She'd be like, no, my son doesn't respect me. To the point where yeah. he's married without like introducing the girl to me first. Really? I don't know. I, th- I think that would they would never like the woman. I don't think they would ever like that. Would just be mm. a fight for like the rest of. So the how family. did your yeah. family respond? Yeah, I think my family might not be the typical Egyptian, <laughs> but to be honest, I'm not sure. I, you know, I, I don't actually know too many other Egyptians, but um, my I think they were just kind of like. Like my dad is, he's the only one in the family to ever leave like Egypt and come to America. So I think like when he came back, it was just like cool that he was back for a a while. Cause I don't think he had been back in a while. I guess like there weren't maybe that many expectations for my dad from his side of the family on what that was going to look like. Cause I guess this was back in the, like the eighties or the late, late eighties. So like they didn't have like a really a way to stay in touch that frequently. Um, I think actually like they, they would like send cassette tapes to each other and stuff, or you, you do like a long distance phone call every now and then, but um, yeah. So they were kind of, I think cool with it eventually. Like my mom definitely had an interesting time getting to know everyone. And Oh, that's kind of what it made me think of was the sacrifices she had to make. were kind of just like, this is kind of the way it is. I'm going to have to kind of, I can assert what I want, you know, in certain places, but like, at least in her position, like it was kind of like whatever they want is kind of what's going to happen. I don't think they were as as involved though as what it sounds like this. Uh, well, I think your mom did a really good job of like keeping you. Yeah. Up. This, this sounds like a better version of not without my daughter. You know. You know oh really? <laughs> you guys know that movie, right? Not without my daughter. It's this American woman. I forgot her name. This like really famous actress. In the movie, mm-hmm. she marries a Persian man, mm-hmm. and they have a daughter together. And then after they have the daughter, they go to Iran to visit his family. And when they go to Iran, he becomes so aggressive and controlling, like when he's around his family and starts like oh, okay. her. And um, so yeah. then she runs away from him and she tries to escape Iran. But he, in Iran, everyone gets custody of the child before the mom does in like a divorce or like a separation. Really? So like. If you get divorced in Iran, first the father gets the child. If the father dies, like his parents get the child. If they died, like his siblings get the child. If they die, his cousins get the child. Like it's just like a whole list before the mom ever gets to see her child again. So the whole premise of the movie is that she's trying to escape her abusive husband, but not without her daughter. And then like she finally escapes Iran with her daughter and goes back to America. Wow. This plot actually sounds so familiar. I think... Wait, can I, I need to look up the actress. She's really famous. I'm sure you've seen this movie. Yeah, I think I saw it when I was younger. And then... Sally Field. Oh, yeah. Sally Field? Yeah, so, here, look, this is her. Yeah, I'm sure you guys have seen the movie. It's pretty famous. I haven't, but I actually want to see this movie. You should. It's a good movie. It's very intense, though. But yeah, basically, your life story just sounds like a nicer turnout of that movie. <laughs> like, if, like if it worked out <laughs> if it worked out yeah right. well no yours sounds so so interesting too to be honest like, like phd in law drama so. it's, it's yeah great. 
I, I feel like I'm not involved in a lot of it just because uh, they're all in Egypt, you know? Yeah, no, I oh, think wow, that's, that's what it is too. Mm-hmm. Well, it goes to and show like moving I, solves everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just do it all with parents. Live. Yeah, so yeah. if you're in America now, go to Egypt. Exactly. You actually should, yeah. <laughs> so I actually want to discuss like a question that we got a long time ago that I think right now the answer to that question has been presented because of COVID, hmm. which like that'll make more sense once I say the, what the question is. So someone emailed us saying um, they were planning their wedding and they were having issues because their in-laws wanted to invite, it was like an Ashkenaz person, like an Eastern European person and a Persian guy and his in-laws, I mean, his parents wanted to invite literally all their cousins, the entire world, wanted to have every second, third, and fifth cousin walk down the aisle, um, you know, because, like, with girls, like, if you don't have your cousin's daughters walk down the aisle so all the men at the party can see them so that they can get married eventually, like, people will get offended. So, like, you always have to have, like, every person walk down the aisle. Um, so this question was presented to us, like, what, like, how am I supposed to deal with this? What am I supposed to do? This is my wedding, and they're just inviting the entire world. And then recently... Um, I made a meme about this because I was realizing so many Persian people were getting married during COVID. And at first I was like, it's so weird. Everyone's getting married. Like Mm. suddenly everyone's tying the knot, like more than usual. Like, yeah, there's always a lot of summer weddings, but like now, like it was like intense. There was like so many engagements and weddings. And then I realized, I think the young people of our generation did this on purpose. They're like, oh, this is the perfect timing for Persian kids to get married, they finally have a legal excuse not to invite the entire world to their wedding and not to have every single cousin walk down the <laughs> make things more their way than their parents' way. Oh so like, it makes so much sense now that like so many people want to get married right now because they finally could tell their parents like, I yeah. legally can't invite all your fifth cousins and all your 10th cousins. I've never met you, like why? Like, why would I invite you? Like, why would, like, that's so much extra money. Each person you invite is like, what, like $200 a head minimum? Well, I, 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 I miss large, I, I miss large weddings. So I'm not, I'm not, and, and I hate, and I'm, you know, like. Yeah, they're my time to shine. I either like, <laughs> like one-on-one interaction or huge parties. Like, exactly. I don't want to be at some like weird, awkward number amount of people party. Yeah, yeah, but I know, if I you're know. planning on inviting 80 people to your wedding, just don't have a wedding, please. I'm sorry, that's so depressing. Yeah. I don't want my in-laws telling me to invite the entire world if I don't know those people. I don't want a shit ton of people. Who like cares you. if you don't know them? I don't know. I, yeah, it takes the pressure off. Yeah. Because then it feels like actually no one's watching. Exactly. I feel like me and Ali, we're the people like that they're like, oh, thank God, we don't have to invite them. <laughs> 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 I'm the queen of that. <laughs> um, no, I'm so happy to not be invited to weddings this summer. Like, I only want to go to a wedding if I really love and really know the bride and groom. I'm I sorry, know. I have no such desire. Yeah, now, right? that's the least, <laughs> I don't least believe Persian you. thing you've ever said. Yeah, I, I love going to weddings where I don't know anyone. Yeah, like, I don't like. I'm there for the drama. Like, yeah. I don't know. I can't believe this even has to be said. It's like saying, like, <laughs> trying to defend caviar. I literally once left halfway through a wedding to go to a rave. Okay, well, shame on you. That wedding was probably going to turn to a rave, like, if you had waited yeah, 10 minutes. Yeah, weddings are raves. Yeah. Persian ones. Yeah. I've just been to so many weddings in my life that at this point, it's like, I only want to go if I really care about you. I don't really care about anyone. I don't even know. Like, I don't think I would really care about Millie's wedding. Like, it's like, okay, where's comes the worst? She gets divorced. Like, I'm sorry. Who cares about things like this? Like, what really? cares for what? Favorite weddings, you guys. Like, maybe if like someone in their sixties was getting remarried, I would be happy. I would take it personally. But, like, I can't. I'm not a single wedding I've been to. I care. Oh my god! Thank God you're not my son. Um, no. I just, I feel like so many of our listeners love you and they don't understand that this is your style and you just like lost so much credibility. He's joking. No, I'm, yeah, like, no, I'm exaggerating. I'm They're like, wait, I actually took his advice last episode. Like, what am I going to do now? No, that, yeah, I'm, I'm just <laughs> yeah. trying to make a point reductive out of certain. 
No, I love it. Um, I feel like that's how you know we've been recording for an hour. Uh, on that note, we've been recording for an hour. No way. Yeah, time. time this is so much fun. Well, nearly our all your lesson is your wedding. The Shut fun. the fuck up. <laughs> Till then. Just for the record, Millie, I would want to be invited to your wedding because I care about you. Yeah. Wait, Everyone I want to on- know what was so great about Persian weddings. I'm so, not that I don't believe you. I just want to know, like, do you just have a favorite oh, I mean, yeah. Like, American weddings are basically, they might as well be funerals compared to... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, they're yeah. just so awkward. Like Persian weddings, everyone's getting shit faced. There's shots on the dance floor. Like every like, there's a guy like like there's just like great music. Like it's just mm. very lively and very fun. Yeah, it's just Persian Persian people live like like extremely like rich people who like they they have this personality like oh like we're here to like burn the cash and in the rest of. Like every Persian party is like the last things in the bunker. It's like the, yeah. it's like the world. You would think the world is ending. Like you've never seen food <laughs> like this. You're never gonna hear music again. You're never gonna dance again. Like that's yeah. that's the energy. Uh, a book plug, yeah. Uh, Badenheim, nineteen thirty nine. A book about like this fictional hotel that knows like the Nazis are coming, but then they have like a really good time the last two weeks. Oh um, wow! Yeah, it reminded me of the Persian. That. I should have. Yeah, I read it right after. Um, like right after I finished Clarissa, because it was like a short book. And then I, I gave um, Joe and like, yeah, what? I want to read this book. Like, what's the title? Uh, Badenheim, 1939. Okay. You too, Ahmed. Yeah, I'm going to check it out. Yeah. Like the cover of the book is. Wait, how do you like spell Badenheim? B A D D E N H E I M. 10% of sales of the yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Take a commission. <laughs> All right. Well, do you guys have any closing notes? Oh, I mean, thank you for having me. I, I, I got really nervous in the middle, but. <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm it's, really happy to. It's endearing. Likewise, I'm happy I to guess. finally have met you, Ahmed. Yeah, let's do that again for sure. Let's definitely, like... I'm happy we finally had you on instead of just behind the scenes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Adli and Ahmed, for coming on. And yeah, thanks, guys. Till Talk next to you later. Bye. Bye. Do I leave now? Like. <laughs> 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 I'm keeping that. <laughs> um.